Hey, y'all. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, so this podcast is going to be about um, the polyglandular autoimmune system. And um, I'm Amber. And there's Danielle and Caitlin laughing their butts off. But, hey, you're going to learn some stuff today. All right. <laughs> Hey, y'all. So, welcome to the first episode of the PASS podcast. That's P-A-S, not to be confused with P-A-S-S, as in we're totally going to pass this physiology class. This podcast is going to get an A-plus, Mazurks. So, allow us to introduce ourselves briefly uh, before we get into the dirty details of what our show is all about, like Amber just said. I'm Daniela. Fun fact, I have two ferrets. I'm Caitlin, and I love me some pizza. I'm Amber, and I'm from New York. So now that we're past that yawn factor, um, throughout the next few months, we'll be discussing polyglandular autoimmune syndrome, what it is, how it works on a physiological level, what it does, and all that jazz. So uh, just an FYI, there might be some unfamiliar terms, and uh, we will do our best to explain them throughout this podcast series. So before we start, there is some basic biology uh, you should be aware of. The endocrine system is one of the 11 body systems, and it is responsible for making the hormones that control puberty, growth, development, metabolism, and reproduction. It also controls how those hormones are made, and it sends them to our bloodstream and organs. So our organs have two different regulation processes, intrinsic and extrinsic. Intrinsic regulation is a response to environmental changes, whereas extrinsic regulation uses the endocrine or the nervous system to make adjustments in the body by releasing hormones or by telling other organs exactly what they need to do. So prior to conducting any research, uh, neither myself or my partners here have heard of APS. Oh, that's what we're calling autoimmune polyglandular syndrome is APS. Uh, So in never hearing about the disease, it prompted us to ask a lot of questions, some of which we'll go over in this first episode. So what exactly is polyglandular autoimmune syndrome? Well, there are three different types, but for the purpose of today's podcast, we will mainly be focusing on autoimmune polyglandular syndrome 1, otherwise known as APS1. The other two types of polyglandular autoimmune syndrome are APS2 and APS3. APS, known otherwise as polyendocrinopathy syndromes, are rare genetically caused diseases of the immune syndrome, which cause inflammatory damage to various endocrine glands. Since this is an autoimmune disorder, it can also influence non-endocrine organs. Now that we have a little bit of background on what it is, let's talk about who it affects. APS affects people all over the world. Research shows that rates at which people are diagnosed and affected changes demographically. For instance, in Japan, approximately 1 in 10 million people are diagnosed. For the Persian Jews, it's 1 in 9,000, and here in the U.S., it actually ranges from 1 in 200,000 to 1 in 2 million. APS has many different symptoms, and they uh, constantly change over time. There was a study conducted that followed 54 APS patients in 32 different families over a 20-year span. That study showed that 36% of those patients had chronic canidiasis, and it manifested as early as the first year of life. Another third was diagnosed with Addison's disease, which occurred around eight years of age. Lastly, in the rest, hypoparathyroidism manifested during middle childhood. In order for APS to even be considered as a diagnosis, two of the three cardinal manifestations mentioned previously must occur. So either the chronic canidiasis, hypoparathyroidism, or adrenal insufficiency. Just to make sure we are all on the same page here, we want to take a minute to explain exactly what these symptoms are. Canidiasis is a fungal infection. Better known as a yeast infection, many APS patients end up with oral canidiasis, 
which is more commonly known as thrush. Addison's disease is an adrenal insufficiency that causes the adrenal glands to produce cortisol at levels that are too low for regulatory processes. The problem with that is that cortisol is a steroid hormone that regulates bodily processes such as metabolism and immune response. And low levels can become problematic to proper functioning and maintaining of homeostasis. In the U.S., adrenal insufficiency presents itself at usually around 8 years of age and occurs anywhere between 70% and 90% of patients. Hypoparathyroidism, as my partner mentioned here, uh, it's actually a rare condition that occurs when the four parathyroid glands in the neck don't produce enough parathyroid hormone, uh, which causes low levels of calcium and high levels of phosphorus in the body. Um, And when the phosphorus levels are high, it becomes toxic and can cause organs and soft tissues to harden. And when calcium levels are low, side effects would include muscle spasms, hallucinations, and confusion. As we mentioned before, APS affects non-endocrine organs and organ systems as well. For example, it can cause ovarian failure, failure of the reproductive system and spleen malfunctions in the lymphatic system. It can also cause vitiligo, which is a loss of skin color, and ectodermal dysplasia, which can cause developmental abnormalities within the integumentary system. So yeah, that's going to be all for this episode, but over the next few podcasts, we'll get into more deep detail about APS. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Peace! Deuces!